0: Encore, Encore, nothing personal word of the day. It's Tuesday, December 14th, 2021. And the word of the day is Encore. Encore relates to what's going on in the world of COVID and professional sports. But it also has to do with the mailbag episode and the fact that I just got back from a weekend, a weekend of complete hedonism and insanity. And Encore, Encore, third thing, Coca, as we speak, is in Paris. Coca right now is walking on the Champs-Élysées, eating a crescent, trying to figure out what the hell everybody's talking about. That's what I guess he's doing. And we've got Mikey in. If you listen to the 500th episode, you listen to Coca tell you that Anthony Mormile was his mentor, his second father. And his son, Michael, is a close friend of Coca's. Not Europe close, but very close, and has worked with us at CBS. They were there when I got there. And Mikey, who did some mailbag episodes early, is producing the shows this week. So any complaints, it's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-M-O-R-M-I-L-L-E. I I think that's right, Mikey. I may have, you can, he may not even want to talk into my ear, by the way. He oh he told oh he's in he said I was close didn't quite get there, so Dan Ugler was a player I had with the Marlins we got him in Rule Five and before the 2006 season he ended up starting only because Pokey Reese disappeared that spring training and then he ended up hitting home runs and signing a big contract with the Braves after we traded him and he invited me and a bunch of other people there were 80 of us on a boat in the Caribbean this weekend. And it was something. To say I'm exhausted would be a slight understatement. To say that we danced the night away, encores galore. He had a DJ on board. I think his name was DJ Conflict Mikey, but I can't tell whether or not people were kidding when they said it. But anyway, everyone was vaccinated and we stopped at a few places, but basically it was... A a 24-hour-a-day party, and it was all coordinated by Alexis Sherry, who is AS Travel Pro, as in Alexis Sherry. She put this whole thing together with Dan and Jeanette Ugla and took care of every detail. All I had to do was show up in St. Thomas, and they whisked us away, COVID tested us even though we were vaccinated, but we got COVID tested. And then on to the the boat, everything was seamless. If you're looking for help with baseball, go to Agla. But if you're looking for help traveling and you're looking for a travel agent, people say like Mikey and Coco would never use a travel agent is my guess, but they should. Because if you want to do something right, you do it with AS Travel Pro. And this is not a paid promotion. I met Alexis, she was on board. She brought three of her friends, uh, Lolo Brigida, Uh, Anna Kornikova, and Lindsay Buckingham. And the four of them were together, and we hung out and had fun, and Ugla was there, and just happy birthday, Danny, and thank you. And AS Travel Pro, love you, Alexis, thank you so much for doing that. But Encore is also going on in the world of COVID, so you can feel it, right? It's been two years since March when Rudy Gobert licked the microphone, and people are getting vaccinated or not, right? It's not that it's not available. You don't have to travel five hours. Either you're on the ship or you're off the ship. That's pretty much the two groups of friends. Either you can party nonstop or not, your choice. But then variants come, boosters come. Pfizer says, get the booster. It works against OmniPresent or whatever the name of the latest iteration is of COVID. Whatever the case may be. So the leagues right now are trying to figure out, what do we do? Because we're going full Dustin Hoffman again. It's outbreaks everywhere. And no one wants to stop playing. No one wants to postpone games. But the NBA had no choice but to postpone two games this week with the Bulls. The Chicago Bulls have 10 players is that right, Mikey? I think ten players in COVID protocol, they don't they don't tell you whether or not it's only eight. Okay, sorry. Thank you. He's on it. Man, could you could Coca be Wally pipped by you? Is that possible in the first five minutes of the first show of his European trip that he turns into Wally frickin' pip? I mean, that's how fast you were with eight. Now, of course, if you're wrong, then Oh no, you were <laughs> Mikey, hold on. You have to talk slower when you're wrong because you know I'm going to call you out. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Okay, there are ten. <laughs> we are the funniest show, Mikey. Welcome to Nothing Personal. Do you want to start it again? Are you do you, do you feel like we need to do it again? Because we're not. Uh, but you can just okay four six nine encore encore. Nah, we're not starting again. But hi Alexis. What were we talking about? Yes, 10 Chicago Bulls players. So you don't know COVID protocol where they have COVID or not because it's HIPAA that no one wants to say. And NBA in its protocols and in its rules that it agreed to with the union, with the players union in the NBA said, if you've got eight players, you're a go for launch. We are not postponing games, just dress eight. Go full Pat Riley, eight players and you're ready to roll. The Bulls have eight players. Now, their best players are out. They've got some people at an eight man rotation who are captains of the Jewish Federation League, no doubt about it. But that said, why are they postponing? So the NBA had to respond to that. And they said, we want the Bulls to have a chance to gather themselves. Sort of remember what happened two years ago in the, in the, in the uh, short season with the Marlins when they had the outbreak in 2020, and they had to miss a bunch of games and sign people from all these different leagues all over to field a team, and after five days, they were playing again. So the league said, when you've got an 82-game season and we can still push games back, we are, we're going to violate what we said. We're not going to make you play with eight. We're not going to make you forfeit. We're not going to do anything other than postpone it. And so they sit in their meetings, Adam Silver does the commissioner of basketball, and says, listen, I know we agreed on this, but I'm going back to the union because you have to go back to the union. And we're going to postpone these games, but we're going to reschedule them. We're not going to take any per diems away from the players. We're not going to take away their, their game paycheck. And the union was fine with it because the union's always fine with postponing. It's one of the great frustrations, side note, One of the great frustrations I had with rainouts at Pro Player Stadium is that our players would always vote not to sit around because they only thought of that day, and they said, push it to the off days in September, and I'd say, you don't want to do that because when you get to September, you're going to be tired, you're going to be grumpy, more likely than not, we're going to be out of the race, and you're not going to want to play, and so we had to go with what the players wanted, and... Maybe some of the players, Mikey, Mikey's really good, by the way. Mikey just whispered, maybe some of the players said, we're not even going to be on your team later, so we won't have to play the games at all and still get the full pay. God, I hope that's not true. I don't think that's true. I don't think they did that. But what if they did? That would be brilliant. But I didn't like pushing to September because I wanted off days in September, JIC, because there were many years we were in the race. But from the NBA standpoint, they were had, had enough runway left in the schedule because the playoffs don't start till April, and so all's good, all right. So the NBA made its decision, this is where we're gonna go. Now what's Roger Goodell gonna do? Roger Goodell is testing, because that's the NFL protocols, 36 or 37, I can't remember which, tested positive yesterday in one day. Now there's way more football players, we know that. So when you get 37 tests, And let's say, rough math, 30 teams, 50 players, 1,500 players. Uh, Rough, right? So are we saying a 2% rough positivity, say 2.5% off the top of my exhausted cranium? Which, by the way, I didn't sleep last night. I did watch the last six episodes of American Rust, though, with, uh, with Jeff Daniels. How do you not watch anything Jeff Daniels does? I was lucky enough to see him on Broadway in to kill a mockingbird, and he's dumb and dumber, and he's speed. I mean, this is, and and now American Rust he, is a serious show with Moira, Moira, Moira Tierney, who I think was in Forces of Nature with Ben Affleck and Sandra Bullock as his fiance. In any case, so I was up all night, and I was thinking about Roger Goodell and his 37 positive tests and what his plan was, because you remember, from a previous Nothing Personal episode, the NFL decided that if you don't have enough players to go and you're not vaccinated, you're screwed. We're gonna take away your paycheck and we're gonna make you pay for lost revenue of your team, home or away. So the NFL said, you better be vaccinated and everyone but Aaron Rodgers and a few others decided they were gonna get vaccinated. The NFL just sent a memo to its employees. Not only do you have to be vaccinated, but as of two weeks from yesterday, you have to get the booster because we're going to say the booster is what it means to be vaccinated because what, what's been shown is if you got it six months ago, then you might as well not be vaccinated. So the booster gets you revaccinated. We may be in a situation where this pandemic goes on for two more seasons and you just have to keep getting boosted every six months. And some people react badly to it, some people have no reaction. I reacted terribly to the booster. I was sick for 24 hours, totally despondent, backache, fever, the whole thing. The show went on, but that said, it's different when you know you're not sick, even though you feel like crap, versus when you don't know what it is and you feel like crap and you're worried it's gonna last a long time. You don't know what it is. Am I dying? Do I have a disease? Do I have cancer? Like All the stuff that goes into your run-of-the-mill hypochondriac, who is me. When you're sick from the booster, you know 24 to 36 hours later, you're going to be fine. So if you time it right, you go through it, and then you're good to go. So the NFL said that all Tier 1 and Tier 2 employees have to get boosted. So the interesting thing is they can't make the players get boosted. They have to go back to the union for an agreement. And the union never even agreed to vaccinations. So they're clearly not going to agree to a booster. However, here's a little nugget for you. I promise you that all three leagues are going to go back to their union during the off-season and they're going to try to negotiate an agreement that requires vaccination from everybody. Why as a business would you do that? Do you know the type of insurance that you buy called business interruption insurance? Do you know what that is? That is when... You're doing your business and you're making your products and then something happens and all of a sudden you can't do what you do that makes you money. Hello, supply chain issue. So if something happens, whatever that may be, a tornado, by the way, I'm thinking of everyone in Kentucky, all of the people who, who lost their lives, the families impacted, an absolute nightmare. Did you read, Mikey, that that tornado was on... The ground it was did I read it was a hundred miles wide and 200 miles on the ground or 10 miles wide and 200 miles on the ground the only thing I remember is 200 miles on the ground and I saw twister like everyone else I thought they were on the ground and I, I moved to Florida after Prince Andrew and um cut that that's weird I don't know why that was in my mind I was I do know I was just reading an Epstein article uh that's funny Hurricane Andrew is what I was saying. Why was I talking about Hurricane Andrew, though? Oh, God, Mikey. What is Hurricane Andrew? Oh, Hurricane Andrew was on the ground for what I assumed was a second, right? It it, it cut a swath, basically, in part of Florida. But this one was 206 miles an hour. And it could have been like an F3 tornado. Either way, devastation, death, thinking of everyone in Kentucky. No idea why that came into my mind. Oh, business interruption insurance. So business interruption insurance is hugely expensive. And it rarely is needed. But when you need it and don't have it, it's the worst possible feeling in the world. It's like self-insuring. We used to do that with players many players we would self-insure and that's code word for not buying insurance for a long-term injury self-insured means that you just secrete the money away to pay off the balance of a contract for a player who's not playing i used to laugh with our cfo and say we got to self-insure against sucking, suckning, suckning, suckning. <laughs> against sucking that's what we should get business interruption insurance when we sign a long-term deal and we have to keep paying a player who's not performing but the NFL, the NBA, MLB, these are big businesses. If you miss any part of a postseason, if you miss any playoff games, you're talking about tens of millions of dollars, sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars. So the NFL is telling the players union listen, the show's going to go on. And we want it to go on with our best players, but we got to play the games. And if you have an outbreak such that you can't feel the team, including with your taxi squad, I'm not sure what we're going to do because you're not going to be able to replace that revenue. So instead of getting business interruption insurance, here's an idea. Just get vaccinated. We'll see what happens with these leagues. Baseball for a change does not have to worry about it, of course, because they're in the middle of a lockout but right now the NBA and the NFL are figuring out how to deal with this encore, and it's the worst type of encore. Okay, did you see what happened with Urban Oscar Meyer? This is great. I think, I'm not willing to coronate him yet, but there's a chance that the Jaguars have taken over from WFT and J-squared as the greatest content machine in the NFL right now. Now listen, Daniel Snyder is always gonna hold a place on the podium. And Jerry Jones really is also. But there's a three-third place on a podium. And when the Jaguars, who are, you know, struggling as a franchise, are owned by a very wealthy man who likely would like to see how good London could be on a full-time basis, but claims to love Jacksonville and wants to make everything good, all excited to have Trevor Lawrence, everything's great. Meanwhile, they stink. What is their record, Mikey? I think it's 2-11, and 11 is what the Jacksonville Jaguars are. But that's not the news of the weekend. The news of the weekend is that Urban Meyer, apparently, and it's hard to know what goes on inside a locker room other than with sources and if your sources are really good. But apparently he said, I'm a winner. And he said, all of you coaches, you guys are a bunch of losers. And I immediately put my president hat on. And I said to myself, is that is that it? Have we now gone? You know, like when you're flying to Europe, there's something called the point of no return. The point of no return is somewhere over the Atlantic Ocean where if something goes wrong, you land in London instead of turning around and landing back in New York. It's called the, I'm sure there's a far more technical term for it, but it's just the point of no return, which by the way, is a great movie with Bridget Fonda and Gabriel Byrne, and Dermot Mulroney. But anyway, so are the Jaguars past the point of no return? So I was thinking about it overnight, and my answer is yes. Now the owner has a different view and was forced to make a statement about what happened. When an owner has to respond to calls for a coach to be fired, and not just an interim coach, not just a first-time coach We can say, hey, it didn't work out, but the coach that you gave a huge amount of money, a huge amount of security in terms of years, this was the guy to finally, finally turn your team into a consistent winner. This is the man who won in college at every level, comes to the pros, and basically has been crappy for minute one, Urban Oscar Meyer was the one who had to apologize for the distraction when he was in the nightclub with his not his wife, not his grandchildren, but with someone else dancing. That's why Ugla had no cameras. Thank you very much. So that was the distraction. Then there were thoughts that Urban Oscar Meyer had lost the team, lost the locker room. And once that happens, it's over. That was the general rule that we had running a baseball team. You can make in-game mistakes. It's like making a physical error. Those are going to happen. You're going to get eaten up by a ball. You're going to misjudge a ball. Physical errors happen. Mental errors are inexcusable. Now, that is not me talking about mental health versus physical health, because when it comes to that, you know where I stand. We've done many shows on it. A mental error in baseball is not because of a mental health issue. It's because you didn't know the number of outs. It's because you threw to the wrong base. You didn't know who was on base. You didn't know what what the score was, what the situation was. Wrong place, wrong time, not paying attention, head in the stands, worrying about what you're doing after the game. Those are mental errors, inexcusable. I view managers in the same way. In game decisions are like mental errors. Are like, God damn it. I was about to say, God damn it, coca. In game decisions for managers and coaches to me are physical errors. You go for it on fourth and two and you don't get it. You punt at the 38 instead of trying a 54-yard field goal. We may talk about those things pregame. We may talk about game situations. We may ask you to do something at a certain time, and if you choose not to do it, we're going to give you the benefit of a couple of doubts, especially when we have something invested in you. But when you do it to yourself the way UOM has done, that's where I say I'm done. I'm finished. When you're calling out your assistants, when you're placing the blame on everyone but you so that your halo, which is now so cracked that you can see through it with the naked eye and your players don't want to play for you and on top of that, you don't win. I don't know that our players ever wanted to ever play for Jack McKeon, but they won with him. So the owner said... When asked about this situation of this in, can you imagine being an assistant coach in Jacksonville right now, being called a loser? If you're in the media, do you know what you do? I was always very aware when there was a argument between players or when the manager called out a player or when the GM did or when I did. I was always paying attention to articles in the next few days because anyone who is worth their weight in salt who works in the media, knows that when there is a fissure, you go to the scorned because you're going to get some good stuff off the record. So every one of those assistant coaches is being called by the media for an off-the-record comment on how much they can't stand Urban Oscar Meyer. As president of the team, I'm going to the assistant coaches and saying, I'm watching, don't respond to this. We know what's happening. The NFL knows what's happening. Your future employers, if it's not here, know what's happening. Don't embarrass us in front of our fans to the media. So I try to get ahead of any of those situations. So Khan was asked about it, and his answer felt to me as though it was not properly workshopped. He started with, I want to do the right thing for the team. I want to do the right thing for the city. That, to me, is way more important than just acting helter-skelter on emotion. Well, his excuse for that is that he had a bunch of coaches who were there for years, Gus Bradley and Doug Maroney and whatnot. But that's not what fans want to hear. They don't want to hear you want to do the right thing for the team and for the city. They want to hear that the only thing that matters to me is winning football games. All of this other extracurricular nonsense is just that. The reality is that we are a 2-11 and team, and that is inexcusable from everyone in our organization. We say to you, the fans, we will do better. And I am going to make sure that whatever needs to get done gets done. Hard stop. That's what you do when you respond to what's happening with the coach. He said, I learned a long time ago with anything. Don't be impulsive. You don't want to be impulsive. You want to look at exactly what I know firsthand or people are telling me and then collect that and do the right thing, Spike Lee. Too much. Mr. Khan needs some help. I'm around. But guess who won't be? I think we're going to do a bonus wait to see. We had a wait to see, Mikey, with Urban already. I don't think you've got the document and I can't look at it during the show, but I think we had a wait to see that Urban wasn't going to last uh, his contract. I may have said he's not going to last two years. Take note of this, please, Mikey. We're adding a wait to see to the program because we have one that's pretty crazy at the end of the show. Urban Meyer is will be gone from Jacksonville after this season. They're going to fire him, and that's the end of Urban and Jacksonville. When you call out your assistant coaches the way he did, when you lose the locker room the way he did, that's it. Game over, and you don't need to be Logan Roy to know what to do. When we come back, I hope you watch the finale of Succession. We're going to review the entire season three of Succession, and we're going to get to... The wait to see, which has to do with something going on in the NBA, which is just brutal. We will be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. I'm David Sampson. Thank you for making it through that gauntlet of commercials that Mikey's going to insert that break. Thank you for downloading and rating and following. And I hope you enjoyed the mailbag episodes. We're going to do some more because there's so many questions we didn't get to. And which, by the way, also means that I may be out of town again. But I think you figured that out and hide it. I'm not hiding. We try to give you a show every day. We've done a lot of shows this year, and you give us 45 minutes of your time, and we do not take it for granted. Keep telling your friends about it. Do you know, Mikey, that three people who were on the ship for Ugla's birthday who did not even know Dan, which is a long story, but whatever, came up to me, three separate people, when they saw me taking the COVID test, because we all took COVID tests together, and said oh my god i listen to nothing personal every day i can't believe you're here and that was cool that means that you guys are really spreading the word sorry that's a survivor thing that you are really spreading the word and i appreciate that all right succession i watched it i was very bearish on season three it picked up the last episode or two but the finale of season 3 of this Emmy award winning show that is a Will Ferrell Adam McKay pre horrific breakup executive produced show i believe it is written in the showrunner is Jesse Armstrong with Brian Cox and Macaulay Culkin's brother and Jeremy Strong who i think won an Emmy just unbelievable cast unbelievable writing and it's really about the Murdoch family at News Corp at Fox even though they say it's not but it really is Logan Roy plays the father and all the sons and daughter they're they hate each other they're fighting there's divorce there's kids uh Cameron from Ferris Bueller is in it Alan Ruck the finale of season three that just came out is the best finale of all three seasons It's the best episode of all three seasons, which is saying something. Because what happened at the end is so awesome that I don't know how they came up with it in the writer's room. I don't know how they kept it quiet. And I didn't read any spoilers because I don't read spoilers. And I was watching thinking, could that happen? What have I been a part of that could happen just like that? And I have actually. Not the Murdoch level of stuff. Not the Logan Roy, Brian Cox level. But when you've got infighting and you've got backstabbing and you've got people believing that they know what's going on and then they don't, and then the reason they don't is the blind spot that you didn't think they had because you thought they had a different blind spot. And I'm being vague for a reason because I'm not going to spoil it. I'm hopeful you will start binging Succession if you haven't watched it. Don't be, if you're not into business, it doesn't matter. It's really about family. It's about a relationship with your mom and dad and the trauma that we as parents give to our kids. And then we wonder why the behavior that we model adds up to more and more therapy needed. I don't really wonder. Nothing personal, pick of the day. Yes. We are 166 and 149. I don't know if you remember the picks, but we had the Steelers plus three versus the Vikings, and that did not work out for us. I'm not sure what's going on with the Steelers except Ben is 70 years old. But we rebounded on Sunday when we got the overt- overtime touchdown. The Biffalo Buffs are just not worthy of betting on, so you bet against them. We took the Bucks minus three over the Biffs, and we won. And then last night, why were the Rams getting points over the Cardinals? Don't we think the Rams are a better team? Even though the Cardinals had the best record at 10-2, and two, I still the Rams as a better team. So the fact that the Rams were getting two and a half seemed like a give-me. So we went two and one. We're 166 and 149. So pick of today is the game that we all have to watch because tonight, tonight may be a special night. I hope that's from West Side Story, Mikey. Is tonight, tonight, can you check that while we're here? I think it's called Tonight Tonight because West Side Story comes out on Christmas Day and it was just nominated. The Golden Globe nominations just came out and then I realized no one cares because they're not even televising them. So I had to pivot to the Critics' Choice Awards and West Side Story is getting plenty of attention. Yes, it is from West Side Story. So tonight, tonight, we have to watch the Warriors play the Knicks. The Warriors are three and a half point favorites over the Knicks in New York at the world's most famous arena. The Knicks are so far from being the best team in the Eastern Conference. They're lucky if they make the playoffs now. But the reason why we're watching that game is because of Steph Curry. And something happened that is worth mentioning. Steph Curry, when he was 16 threes away, he's trying to surpass Ray Allen for the most three-point shots made in NBA history. This is not a small record. It's a major record. Steph Curry has made... No bones about the fact that he wants the record. And he's been hot. When you're crossing half court, he's basically, if you're not checking him over half court, then you're giving him an open shot. That is how Steph Curry has been. Steph Curry then said, with 16 to go, hey, you never know, I could get it tonight. And the reason that was a significant statement is that The record for most three-pointers in a game is 14, I believe, by his teammate, Clay Thompson. Mikey can check that, or you will all check that with corrections, but I think that's right. And all of a sudden, Steph Curry got a lot of media attention. We know Steph Curry's cocky, don't we? Why is that newsworthy? To say he had 16 in him, we would say, that passes the smell test. I'm okay with that. His coach, Steve Kerr, was asked by the media about it and said, yeah, he seems capable of that. Then the Warriors got cold. Their offense got stagnant. They lost some games. Curry stopped making shots. And here we are multiple games later, and he still needs two to tie. So I got to thinking... What kind of conversation I had with players who were on the cusp of a record. Consecutive home runs, we had a few players go for that. Players going for the cycle, the Marlins have never had a cycle. Players going for a batting title. I had a conversation with D. Gordon the last day of the season when he was going to win his batting title in 2015 maybe. I never remember. The years just all melt together. And we knew exactly who was chasing him. And we knew exactly what he could do and still, it was 15, thank you, Mikey, and still win the title. So I think it was he could go 0 for 2 and still win the title if the guy chasing him went 5 for 5. So the minute the guy chasing him had an out and then D Gordon had two outs, we pulled him, I believe, to guarantee him the batting title. And we talked to him about it before, and we let the media know. So there were there were no secrets. People want records, they want batting titles. It's good for your career, better than steroids. And for Steph Curry to say that he wants the record to beat Clay's 14, I have no problem with. For Steve Kerr to double down and say it, I have no problem. But Steve Kerr and Steph Curry have both apologized. They've walked back their statements. And I don't want my players or my manager walking back a statement of confidence. It's not like they were stomping on the other team's logo like the Raiders did against the Chiefs this weekend and then lost by 39 points. It is a fact of the NBA that Steph Curry is the best shooter. It's a fact that he's going to break the record all-time career, and it's a fact that he has as good a chance as anyone on any given Sunday to hit 16. So own it. So I don't think the owner of the of the Warriors or the GM or anyone asked the players, asked Steph Curry or Steve Kerr to walk back their comments, but they apologized saying maybe I got ahead of myself, maybe I got swept up in it. The reason why they walked it back has nothing to do with the fact that Steph Curry hasn't broken the record yet. The reason they walked it back is because they're not winning games at the same rate. And the irony of that is he could have broken the record. He could have had 16 threes. But the odds were they were not going to win at that rate. These are not the 96 Bulls. This is not a 70-win team. The Warriors have been playing great. They may still have the best record. I'm not actually sure if they have the best record in the NBA anymore. But what I do know is There was no reason for it. But my pick of the day for the game we're going to watch, Warriors, minus three and a half. All right? So that's it. We're 166 and 149. Okay. Uh, You're going to read a story today if you haven't read it yet. The Olympic Committee, the Paralympic Committee, has settled with the gymnastics, the women in gymnastics, the gymnasts, for $380 million, a settlement over the sexual abuse that they suffered at the hands of their team doctor. You remember Nasser, that guy who's in prison for in his entire life, plus some. Frankly, to me, he should have the death penalty. And you can say that's controversial all you want. You can at me at David P. Sampson. I'm good with it. What he did to these gymnasts, I view it you ruin their lives. They can, you can say that they're adjusting. You can say there's plenty of therapy available. You can say they're rich. Nothing makes me crazier than saying, oh my God, they're rich. They just got $380 million. Money cannot buy mental health. Money can't remove anxiety. Money can't change what's in your brain every time someone touches you out of love. Money can't change. Somehow our society, I haven't figured out why. I do know because it's the currency, right? I guess that's the only reason. And it can buy you stuff. Can't buy you class, though. Can't buy you status. It can buy you stuff, material things. But it's the only way to measure the immeasurable. How can I get back something that is irreplaceable? I can't get back the teen years when... I was sexually assaulted time and time again. These women can never get it back. They can't get back their childhood. You don't get a redo. You don't get to start the show over again. You don't get to do any of that. So $380 million to me, it's not the right number because there is no number. My number would have been infinity, but do you want the Paralympic Committee, Olympic Gymnastic Committee, do you want them to go out of business? Do you want them to change? Do you want best practices going forward? We always want things to change when they go bad and we always say they're gonna get better and then they don't get better and then we come out with the same crap BS line, oh, we're on it. It's like in hockey, we're putting together all these controls in youth hockey to make sure no one gets abused. Like the church says, oh, we got it. No more altar boys are getting molested. No, we've taken care of it, we're good. No more sex trafficking. And it just keeps going. It's very upsetting and frustrating to me. I have a major issue with people who are abusive sexually. Domestic violence as well. But sexual abuse to minors. That level of sick is a level I can't comprehend. And the level of damage is worse than death. And that's the truth. But the case was settled. And the reason the case was settled is not because the girls thought 380 was the right number. The reason it was settled is after all these years, at some point, you do the only possible thing. And the only possible thing is to say to yourself, end scene, chapter closed. I am going to not read another thing about this. I'm not going to appear before Congress about this. I'm not going to meet with one more agent, one more lawyer. I'm going to use this money to take care of my family. I'm going to use money to make sure that no other girl suffers from this, which of course we can't do. There is no amount of money you can throw at a problem that eliminates it because sick people are sick people. And for whatever reason, there's no shortage of sickos out there. But that's when cases end. Right? They end when the person who has been wronged says good Like in domestic violence, often criminal charges are not brought because the wife or the abused, sometimes it's the husband, say, I don't want to press charges. I don't want to testify. I I, I can't relive that. I don't want to do it. And that's sort of it. But does that take away culpability? Does it in any way make something right? Or make it better? Does it close the issue? It closes it from a public standpoint. So we hear about a suspension. Marcelo Zunas suspended 20 games retroactively. On to the next story. His family isn't on to the next story. Believe me. And what about these gymnasts? Settlement, good, 380. We're going to write the check. It's like the 9-11 fund, right? With that movie and the 9-11 fund where you have to distribute the money from the 9-11 fund to the victims and to the families. All right, here's your check for $5 million. We're good? Are we good? Everything's fine? No. Because every time they open their eyes, every single time these gymnasts open their eyes, the first thing they think about is what happened to them. And you can work through it you can be in therapy all day but that type of trauma there's no price okay did you see that justin verlander's contract is now confirmed justin verlander is the one who signed he's on tommy john he hasn't pitched i had to wait to see but coke is not here because he's now on the left bank trying to find the mona lisa is my guess we should call him live, but we're going to do that. Mikey, let's plan tomorrow while we're recording to try to FaceTime Coca during the show tomorrow and see what he's doing in Paris tomorrow. He may be in a museum. He may be at lunch. It's six hours later there. Who knows what he's doing, but we're going to try that, but not today, not today. So we'll. we'll I'll, d- I'll tell you the exact day. Wait to see is when we say something's going to happen. When it happens, we tell you what happened. When it doesn't happen, we revisit it and say it didn't happen. I think I had to wait to see that Verlander's contract would end up being less than the 50 million because there was a problem. And it turns out there was a problem, but the union and the league got together, fixed the problem, and the Astros were more than happy to give Verlander 50 million. Why they were willing to give him 50 million is beyond me. Justin Verlander asked for an opt out after one year, which makes me laugh. Thinking he's going to have another great year, that someone's going to sign him for more than twenty five million when he's forty years old. He's going to pitch at thirty nine this year. Hasn't pitched in two years, and all of a sudden is a twenty five million dollar pitcher. Whereas Syndergaard was twenty one and a half, which was outrageous. Verlander's twenty five times two. So Jim Crane, owner of the Astros, if Verlander stinks. Or can't come back at all, notwithstanding his ridiculous showcase where he threw 10 pitches, hit 96, and everyone oohed and nod. He's going to pick up his second year, and you're going to pay him $50 million. Way to go, Jimmy. But you got Verlander back and Kate. The wait to see today is about Zion Williamson. Yesterday, the New Orleans Pelicans had to acknowledge that they have shut down Zion again. He has had persistent soreness. He weighs 360 LBs. We talked about it on a previous show where we talked about him and Luca and how you gotta do better. You're a professional, be better. And that's when I thought that Zion was on the road back. He was playing some three on three, getting ready to do some five on five in practice. Word comes out yesterday, nope. We got to figure out what this soreness is. We got to let it rest. The equivalent is when you have a major league pitcher who has shoulder soreness or forearm tightness. They start, they you shut them down for a couple weeks, and then you say, we're going to ramp them up. So they start on flat ground at 60 feet, they go to 90 feet, 120 feet, then they get on a mound in the bullpen, then they just throw fastballs, then they start throwing breaking balls, then they throw a simulated inning, then they throw a simulated game, then they come back and they're activated. If at any point during that time, there is out of the ordinary soreness, pitchers get sore after pitching, players get sore after playing, but if there's anything out of the ordinary, that may have an implication to this injury or may make the injury worse, we would then announce, hey, we've shut down this pitcher again. Like, that's it. What shutting down a pitcher means, back to square one. Meaning rest, and then you got to get back to throwing at 60, 90, 120 feet. In basketball, by dialing back Zion, what they're saying is, he is that many steps further from appearing in a game meanwhile we're 30 games into an 82 game season he's missed the equivalent of 60 almost half a season already 60 baseball games here's my way to see for you zion williamson will not play one minute in the nba this season the pelicans stink if i'm the president of that team There's no reason to rush him back now. We've got him on his contract. He's supposed to be good. I'm already jealous we don't have John Morant. We gotta make the best of a bad situation. Why bring him back too early? I'm getting him a nutritionist. I'm asking him to lose some weight and I wanna start next season with the chance to win again. I would call him in and say, hey Zion, I got big news for you. It's just business. You're not playing anymore, but it's nothing personal.